When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, November 4th, and we are recording this before we know the outcome of the election. And, you know, I think maybe that's the best thing that we can do to try to stay sane in this environment. That means that, you know, you'll get your news, you'll get your feed. Maybe you were up all night. I'm sure that I was up all night because I'm recording this before I was up all night. Now, what is our job? Mark and I believe our job and our promise to you is that we are here to try to take the mystery out of your financial life. To do that, we know that there are lots of questions, there's lots of anxiety, and you know, certainly we went to a daily podcast simply because everyone was freaking out so much back in March. We have maintained this schedule because we like it. We like the shorter pods, we like your questions, we love hearing from you. So now you know this is not going to be about politics, see? Easy. Deep breath. It's all going to be okay. Have your mantra out there. We'll end our, our mantra the same way as we always do. If you have a financial question, ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. And if you're on the website, maybe you're there because you've signed up for the free newsletter, and maybe you're there because you bought my book, or maybe you're there just because you're poking around. There's a contact button, and you can use that button to get in touch with us. Don't forget to tell us if you think that you'd like to come on the air with us, because if that's the case, we'd love to arrange for that. Mark is a genius, and so he has actually been able to figure this out. I love having a great producer. All right, here we go. Wednesday. All right. This is from Layton, who says, Hi, Jill. I love your show. I used your friend to refinance my house. It worked beautifully. We're planning on retiring in January 2021. I've crunched the numbers and I think we're ready. Here are the numbers. You can let me know your thoughts. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, do you think we're ready? Meaning 10, we're most ready. Here are the stats. Wife, 58. Husband, 62. Good health. Husband uh, filed for Social Security at 64, 24 grand a year from that. Ah, they got pensions, $12,000 a year. Wife's Social Security, 26,000. Annual expenses in retirement, 90,000. So let's do some math, ladies and gentlemen, right? Because we got 24 and then we have 12 and then we have 26. And that is of their annual expenses, they have 62 grand covered, okay? The assets, they have $1.8 million. They are looking at pulling about $54,000 out of their 1.8 million, which equates to a 3% withdrawal rate. Does this look good to you? I didn't consider wife's social security because it's six years from now, but I know it will only help the cause. So 
there's a couple of things about this plan that are interesting. One is I don't know the split of your assets. I don't know whether 1.8 million is in retirement, non-retirement. If it is retirement, is there some Roth money? Why is that important? Because for the first five, six years of retirement before your wife receives her social security, you need to actually pull more money out of the account. And if that money is taxable, then that may not make the calculation quite as good as it might seem from the first blush. So think of it this way. As you said, you said, okay, I got $1.8 million. I want to do a withdrawal rate of, let's say, 3%. That's $54,000 a year. Okay, fine. And then you do that for your, until your wife claims her social security, which is in six years. I think you're probably like at an eight, but I'm not 100% sure because I need to know the composition of the assets. And I want to be also be a very clear that that 1.8 doesn't include the net worth from your house. Because sometimes people pop that in there and it doesn't exactly add up, right? So can you tell me what the breakdown is of the money that's invested? And then perhaps we can give you better advice. Okay. Uh, this is a note from Paul in Tennessee who says, I'm a new listener and I'm hooked. I've got 685000 in my 401k, 670000 in Schwab mutual funds, one hundred thirty grand times two in Roths. So two hundred sixty grand in Roths, three hundred twenty grand in savings and cash. My wife and I are 57. We've got two grown kids, paid off the house. It's worth four fifty. We want to retire in two to three years. Question. I know I have a lot of cash, but without having everything tied to the market, what can I do with some of the cash, less the emergency fund? I don't want more property as I might be moving back home, the old country where the kids are living in the next few years. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, look, you can start to go into some longer term CDs and build yourself a little CD ladder. You could take some of that cash and you can put it into a an intermediate term bond fund. I don't know what your investments are inside of the 401k and the mutual funds and the Roths, but you can start doing a little bit more with your money on the fixed income side. I agree that you don't want to necessarily be, you know, wholly invested in the stock market. I would leave yourself a good chunk of money in cash just in case your your retirement plans happen sooner than expected. But I would just do something kind of boring. Go to depositaccounts.com check out the longer term CDs. And in that Schwab account, um, maybe start looking at some short term and intermediate term bond funds. I think that would be about as as much as risk I'd want to take at this point. So good for you. Well done. So this is a follow up from Jerry, who was uh, writing about the sale of a second home. And he said he's got 750 grand to invest for the long term. And uh, he says he and his spouse, they're 70 years old. He says, my wife and I both have pensions and social security. We've got no credit cards or car payment. Our lake home has a mortgage of $150,000. With that being filled in, where would you invest the proceeds from our lifetime home sale of $750,000? Well, I think I would build a boring and yet diversified portfolio. And I wonder if you guys have ever invested before, because if not, this could be pretty scary to do yourself. But let's just presume 
that you have, I would say, three basic choices. One, you could do it yourself at a place like Vanguard, or you could do it at Fidelity, or you could do it at Charles Schwab, or you could do it at T. Rowe Price, you know, all these different companies. And you could basically say, we are 70 years old. We don't really need this money. You have a long time horizon. And you could essentially build yourself a balanced portfolio that you would automatically rebalance over time, but don't go too crazy. That's option one. Okay. Option two, you could actually use what's called a hybrid approach, which is a robo-advisor. So that robo-advisor would take you through a risk questionnaire and then take the output. And then instead of you putting the money and into a diversified basket of index funds, the robo-advisor would do that. And you could do that one of two ways. You could just use the straight up robo-advisor or, this is important, you could choose a robo-advisor that also offers advice. Who does that? Betterment does that. Vanguard Personal Service Advisor does that. Schwab Intelligent Portfolio. That's kind of the hybrid approach. And then the most expensive option, which may or may not be interesting to you, is that you could go out and talk to a financial planner. You may not need that. I'm, put, I'm just putting it out there because that's going to be more expensive and it sounds like a lot of your retirement planning work has already been done, but if you would like to seek a professional set of eyes on this, you want to see a professional who is held to the fiduciary standard, and you can find one of those at NAPFA, N-A-P-F-A dot org. You can find one of those advisors at the CFP website, letsmakeaplan.org, or um, the AICPA um, has certain CPAs who are also doing financial planning. So AICPA, check it out. Um, they have a designation called the PFS. I hope that helps. It sounds like you're in great shape. So um, thanks for following up. It makes my life a lot easier. Dave writes, I'm 62 and a financial planner is suggesting I spend the next 10 years paying the lower tax rate now, carefully moving portions of a $1.5 million IRA into an annuity before my income doubles at age 72. I said carefully because we'd gauge the amount so as not to trigger a higher tax bracket. In the current tax tables, it's only 22 versus 24%. He argues that tax tables can change, and if I were to die, my wife's tax table could be significantly different. I believe the annuity's growth would then not be taxed when we made withdrawals later in life or pass it on to our children. Good idea? Well, here's the thing. The annuity will be taxed no matter what. So let's just say, I'm going to make up the numbers here, right? You got a million and a half bucks. Let's say that you end up with a million dollars and it's all in an annuity. If that you were to do that, then as the accumulation grows in the annuity, Whatever that difference between the amount you put in and the amount it's worth at your death is taxable income. So there is taxable income there. Might I suggest something slightly different, which is why not carefully move portions of your IRA money and turn it into a Roth IRA? I think that's a smarter way rather than getting tied up in an annuity contract, which would have lots of fees. So I would really get a second opinion on that because I think you need to know that that can be a costly option. Okay. And finally, 
we have a question from Michael who says, I appreciate what you and Mark are doing to help bring some clarity and insight to the financial world. To that end, I'd like to ask you about Kai Zen. Someone reached out on LinkedIn and sent me info about it. He says it's, quote, a plan often part of executive benefit portfolios that might have interest to you. This is more of the sales job. Because, by the way, when somebody precedes a sales pitch with the word imagine, (laughs) then I think that that's, it essentially is like your biggest red flag. Okay. Imagine an investment where you can shelter perfectly legally millions of dollars from taxes, enjoy tax redistribution in retirement of hundreds of thousands of dollars each year and have the peace of mind, blah, 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 blah. The literature says Kaizen is a strategy that helps you maintain your lifestyle with an index life insurance policy. Ding, 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 ding. There's your red flag, guys. Yes. Mark likes to point out that if someone says perfectly legally, that's probably something you should avoid. Can we decipher what the product's about? Are you familiar with it? Is it worth exploring further? Let's start with your last question. No, you can just toss this out. Whoever sent this to you is redonkulous. It's an index life insurance policy, which probably has a ton of fees associated. Um, These policies are often sold. You shouldn't buy them. And I just don't understand why we allow this kind of nonsense to go out in the securities world. I mean, it's one thing to say someone's selling me a risky product and they say it's risky. It's like everyone, you know what I mean? Like, so you could say like, oh, I got this great investment idea. My friend wants me to invest in a small business. And that essentially can be put into a prospectus, which says you can lose all your money. But why that life insurance companies have so much more latitude in the way they sell this stuff? Oh, stay away. Avoid. Thank you for writing, Mike. All right, gang. Now, listen, I want everyone to be calm and I want everybody to be nice to each other. And I want you guys to know that we are here to help you with your financial stuff, whether you're just starting out, whether you're in the hole, whether something bad has happened, whether something good has happened. We are here for you. Send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. And uh, on this day, which is the seventh anniversary of my father's death, I always want to remind you some of the great things that he said, like, no one rings a bell at the top or the bottom. That was a nice way of saying, don't be trying to time the market. And of course, he was always the kind of guy who would say, bulls and bears make money and pigs get slaughtered. Don't be a pig. Don't try to time the market. Be smart. Keep your head on straight. And uh, don't forget, as always, wash your hands wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and try to do something nice for even someone you don't like. Do something nice for someone today, even if it's just smiling through your mask. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.